I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You know, your house smells. Don't get mad. Don't get mad. My house smells, too. I'm not, I'm not indicting you. I'm sure you keep a clean home, but just time means you're going to acquire smells, whether those are cooking smells that get in your paint and your carpet. Maybe they're animal smells. Maybe you're a smoker or someone else was. Just living creates smells. I didn't realize that my home had a smell to it until I got my first Eden Pure Thunderstorm, the greatest air purifier I've ever, ever owned in my life. This thing, I had it plugged in for two hours. I came back in the room and my air smelled so clean. I now own three of them. I'm not making that up. This thing has absolutely changed me on top of what it's done for my allergies. Go get one. Get two. Be like me and get three. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE. That gets you 10 bucks off and free shipping. EdenPureDeals.com. Promo code JESSE. This is The Jesse Kelly Show. I want you to imagine something. You have your door kicked in. Your husband is dead. 
It's you and your two kids. The soldiers storm into your home, grab you by the hair, drag you out of the home, drag your children out of the home. Your children who are screaming, Mom, Mom, help, help. You can hear them. You can see them. They're crying. They're screaming. They're scared. You're scared. These soldiers drag you over to a pole, a big, thick, wooden pole. They bind your hands together in front of you and then pull them over your head so they are as stretched out as stretched out gets and then nail them, nail the rope to the pole. So you are hanging there. Still feet are on the ground, but you're hanging there on the pole, standing up. They then rip off your clothing. Now you're obviously scared. Your daughters are hysterical because they're watching. And not one, but two soldiers stand behind you. Well with something in their hands. What is this something? I want you to picture a stick, fairly thick, call it three inch thick stick, two feet long or so, maybe a little shorter, with some leather straps, five or six leather straps sticking out of them. Now these leather straps have an end. You see, and at the end of these leather straps, one, as you travel down the strap towards the end, you get to a small bone, a jagged small bone. And then when you travel past that small bone, clear out to the tip of this leather strap, there is a metal ball, a heavy metal ball. These Romans then began taking turns one at a time. One hits you with this, the other hits you with this. And don't think for a second, it's just like in the movies where they're whipping you in the back and you have a couple cuts that need to be patched up. You are whipped from everywhere underneath your head. The only reason they don't hit you in the head is you would die You are whipped everywhere from underneath your head down to the soles of your feet. Uh, When's the last time you stubbed your toe? Do you know why it hurts so bad when you stub your toe, drop something on your feet, so on and so forth? It hurts so bad because that's where all your nerve endings are in the bottom of your feet. Some countries to this day will use that exclusively as a form of torture. They'll just take your shoes and socks off and whack you in the bottom of your feet with a pole. Romans, well, they would flog you. Sometimes to death. In fact, Romans had a name for this. They actually called it half death because it was not at all uncommon for people to go into shock and die from simple loss of blood. 
permanent disfigurement because on occasion they would swing wild and take out an eyeball. Jesus Christ, our own Lord and Savior. Why do you think he fell while carrying his cross up there? Because he had just been flogged. Now, you were just flogged. They finally stopped hitting you. You were grateful to have a moment of relief from the pain. You are wounded severely. You are bleeding badly. And then you turn around and see them walking towards your daughters who are 10 and 12 years old. Hang on, we'll get back to that in a minute. Let's talk about ancient Rome for a moment, although today's story is not a Roman story. We have to do a brief amount of setup there. Let's touch on my favorite historical figure by a mile, Julius Caesar, briefly. Julius Caesar, again, probably the most talented man who's ever walked the planet, a genius at everything. He wasn't one of these guys who did something pretty well and that pretty well. Kind of a jack of all trades. He was the best at everything. They say he could dictate and write multiple letters to different people at the same time. He was a poet. He was possibly the greatest military general ever. He was just an incredible human being. But that comes with consequences too because here's what happened with Julius Caesar. When he was done slapping around Gaul, at one point he takes a look over at this island No, it was not Great Britain at the time, but he looks across the English Channel and he sees this island. And he gets real curious, so he builds himself a quaint little fleet, which because it's Julius Caesar, of course, he built it in like five minutes. The guy builds faster than modern day people do. Builds himself a fleet, sails over there, takes a look around, doesn't mind it. But doesn't have time to stay. You know what, Britain? Maybe I'll see you again one day. Takes off, goes back home. Why does that matter? Well, it matters for a couple of different reasons. One, Julius Caesar was infamous about chronicling everything he did. He, like many generals today and then and before then, they practically walk around with their own publicists. They just do. They keep their diaries. They have people keep diaries for them. Hey, hey, take a, take this picture. Make sure you get a selfie of me in front of these dead Gauls. So Julius Caesar takes the information about Britain back to Rome. It's not as if Rome didn't know it was there. But once Julius Caesar sets his eyes on it, well, it's a little more resource rich. Julius Caesar rises to power. You know the story. It's not a Caesar story anyway. And essentially takes Rome from being a country run by the Senate to a country run by a king. A Caesar. Whatever you want to call him. He's a king. Well, here's the problem with that. I have often said, I don't necessarily know that monarchy is bad. But that's really easy for me to say because I've never lived under a monarch. I know this. 
Under a great monarch, life is good. History shows that time and time again. The problem is, once you're under a bad one, you live in hell. You see, Julius Caesar can be Caesar. He can be a king. But I don't know that there's ever been another human being with the capabilities of Julius Caesar. So what are the chances your next Roman monarch are going to have the capabilities of Julius Caesar? That's the real danger. Julius Caesar was great, did fine, made some mistakes. It kind of went downhill from there. Simply Safe has changed the home security game. They have. Because here's what it used to be, and I know you've probably gone through this. I know I have. You call a couple of these companies. You get upsold by a million different Well, you definitely need this, and you definitely need that. You better have this camera. Oh, if you have that, you better buy five more cameras. Finally, you get an appointment. Oh, we'll be out there in this eight-hour window. They show up, and you have to sign a contract. That might be the part that drives me crazy the most. A contract? Why do I have to sign a contract? If you're providing a great service for me, then why would you be worried about locking me into a contract? Well, it turns out they should have been worried because a company like Simply Safe came along. No contracts. Starts at 15 bucks a month with no upsell. Go to simplysafe.com slash jesse. That's simplysafe.com slash jesse. Jesse Kelly returns next. Now, things start to go real bad when it comes to the Roman emperors in this period of time. I want you to picture the year zero. Let's just go there. We're not dealing with exactly the year zero, but that's right in right in our wheelhouse for what we're talking about. So we're talking birth of Jesus type stuff. You eventually get to an emperor by the name of Caligula. And it's not a Caligula story, so I'm not going to elaborate on that. You know the rampant perversion, the abuse of everybody, including senators, senators' wives, senators' wives in front of senators, and then bragging about what just happened with the senators' wives to the senator. That's how you stack up enemies. It also involves making fun of one of your bodyguards for his high voice. His high voice he got when he got an axe to the groin as a warrior when he was younger. That bodyguard may eventually organize a group of assassins to stab you to death. Well, Caligula is gone now. 
and we are in the era of the Praetorian Guard. What is the Praetorian Guard? Picture the Roman version of the Secret Service if the Secret Service was full of a bunch of evil jerks because the Praetorian Guard, as we've talked about before, they ran Rome for a while. They figured out they were the only ones with the swords in the city, and they were. No one else was allowed to have anything, so they did whatever they wanted. They started killing emperors. And once they got rid of a bunch of scumbag emperors they didn't like, they focused on a man that hadn't been killed in any of the previous purges or whatnot. And this man's name was Claudius. Now, why hadn't Claudius been killed? Because he was half deaf. I'm pretty sure he spoke with a stutter. He had a limp. He was thought of to be lesser. Now, thankfully, we've moved past those kinds of, you know, we've moved past that way of thinking for the most part in this day and age. Now, when I say move past, I don't mean we don't see somebody and think about it. You think about it. You, You don't admit it or talk about it, but you think about it. But in the Roman era, you would have thought of that person as quite frankly, lesser. That's not, that's not an equal. He's not equal to me. Didn't you hear him stutter? And Claudius comes to power because the Praetorian Guard hands him the power. Now, you are a man who's been an outcast, mocked, made fun of your entire life. When they found him and made him king, he was hiding, shaking with fear because he thought he was about to be killed too. Talk about working out all right for you, by the way. Oh, please don't kill me. Oh, we would never kill you, Caesar. Congratulations. Well, you make that guy emperor, and that guy is going to probably have something to prove, isn't he? And he most certainly did. Have you ever seen pictures of that amazing Roman aqueduct? He built one of the four of them. I think it was called Aqua Claudii or something like that. But the Roman aqueduct, if you don't know about it, look it up. It is the most incredible feat, maybe the most incredible engineering feat I think of all time. And he also decides, I need to cement my power. I need to build my popularity up a lot. You know where we really haven't conquered yet? Great Britain is just kind of sitting there. How tough could it be? And they march the Roman legions into Britain with mixed results. And mixed results is probably the all-time winner of oversimplifying something. But here's what happens. They march into Britain. And remember, we are still in the era, although the empire is on its way down, we are still in the era where Roman military minds, Roman military technology, shoot Roman technology, period, Romans... I don't know what you, how do you want to put it? Morale, mentality is superior to virtually everyone else's on earth. Roman legions win. A Roman legion is highly, highly organized, heavily armored. They have been taking on Celtic-like barbarian tribes for a long time which should be obvious to everyone at this point because guess where they marched to get to Britain? Right through France, 
Gaul at their time, a place that had been formerly occupied by Celtic tribes, now all pay homage to Caesar. They get into Britain. They do really, really well in the South. They do well for a couple different reasons. One, and this is the biggest one, they always had Roman legions right there slapping around anybody who resisted too hard. But two, Rome knew how to settle a place. And here's how they wanted to settle Great Britain. Rome wanted to settle Britain peacefully, and contrary to all the things you've heard and all the things you think about them, while Romans were famously violent and conquerors, I'm not going to act like they're a bunch of peace-loving people, they did not always want to go in and kill every man, woman, and child, and this is Rome now. Oftentimes, especially with a place like Britain, they really just wanted you to come along, pay your taxes, We'll move some Romans up here. Let's let's get along. I mean, you're going to do what I say. Don't get me wrong, but let's get along. You can have your freedom as long as you don't do anything I say you're not allowed to do. <laughs> that kind of thing. And understand that when you're that far away, well, I mean, look at a map. Pull up your map right now. Look at a map of Google. Just look up Google Maps from Italy, down where Rome is, up to Great Britain. Now, I want you to imagine that on horseback or ships. Look at how far that is. That's really far. If you look at the Roman Empire, what does it almost always consist of? The Mediterranean. Because you can get to and fro easily. You have big navies. They, they conquered the Mediterranean. Great Britain is not the Mediterranean. I have to hump clear through Gaul cross the English Channel, and once I get there, the weather sucks. So they didn't really want to make it a Roman province at first. They wanted just, well, why don't you just agree to be my subject? And they run into a tribe called the Iceni tribe. I don't drown you with names, but that one's going to matter. The Iceni tribe. The Iceni tribe has a king. King has a wife and two daughters. The Iceni tribe sees the Romans come in, and they also see the writing on the wall. Granted, up north, if you look at that Google Maps, the northern part of that big island, they were always warlike. They were always fighting the Romans. They never fully pacified those freaking people. But the Iceni's know how it's going to go for tribes in the south, and the Iceni's are in the south. So the client king makes a decision, and you're going to have to decide for yourself whether you like that decision or not. Because they don't make movies about guys who make the decision he made, but there's something to it. He makes a decision, wait, we're just going to get along with Rome. We're just going to do what they tell us to do. We're going to be partners. They don't want to make us a Roman province. We're going to trade. We're going to grin and bear it and pay our taxes. And we're going to kind of get along. Now, they don't make movies about that. But is it bad? Hang on. 
cyber criminals are everywhere these days. It is the new wave of crime. And what are they hunting for out there? Well, anything and everything. Your credit cards? Oh, they've already gotten mine several times. Debit cards, bank accounts, social security number, your credit score. They're on the hunt for all of it because they can take anything you have, take it and use it for their own personal gain. You need Identity Hero. They monitor that 24 hours a day, seven days a week for you, and they do it for $7.95 a month. That's less than $8 a month. They can protect you and will. And should something happen while you have Identity Hero, they pay you back dollar for dollar, up to a million bucks. Go to identityhero.net slash jesse. That's identityhero.net slash jesse. Protect yourself. Now, it should be noted that Britain at this time was not a country, not by any stretch of the imagination. They were a million different tribes. And many of these tribes were still warring with the Romans. Some had allied with the Romans. But the Iceni and the Romans really did get along pretty stinking well. The Romans brought some things to the table. Remember that when they colonized you. And Britain had lots of things Romans wanted. One, salt. We've talked about this briefly before, but I cannot possibly put into words how salt was valued in this time. Salt's ability to preserve things because this is pre-refrigeration, which I'm shocked the Romans didn't invent that too, but just pre-refrigeration was everything. Everything. Salt was more than, it wasn't some spice. It wasn't some nicety. You had to have it if you were a major country. And if you were an army, you almost definitely had to have it to try to preserve food as you're moving to and fro. You just, it, it was critical, huge for the world economy, not just Rome's and Britain had a ton of it. And get this, another thing the Romans loved about Britain, specifically the Iceni tribe, oysters. They were supposed to have the best oysters in the entire empire. And Romans were fanatical about food. Isn't that funny? How incredible, as much as I make fun of them, how incredible Italians are today at eating. I mean, how many Italian restaurants do you have in a 50-mile radius to you? These people can eat, man. Let's be, let's be honest here. They can eat. Well, they get it honestly because the Romans imported foods from everywhere. And the, the king of the Iceni tribe gets along really, really, really well with Rome. Except there's a problem with this king. And that problem is he dies. Why is that a big deal? Well, here's why it's a big deal. Rome didn't always, especially when they're dealing with a client kingdom, 
Rome didn't always view the deal they had as being with the kingdom. They viewed the deal they had as being with the king. King is gone, and this is not Rome. This is Britain, and so we are about to run into a big, big problem. The king dies. His wife is named, somebody you may have heard of, maybe not. His wife is named Bodica. Bodica is now in charge of the kingdom. This does not pass on to a male. Bodica is in charge. We now have Emperor Nero, although he doesn't matter to the story. But the king, when he died, the Iceni king, when he died, was so interested in keeping Rome as a partner and a friend. Once he was dead, he left half of his kingdom to the Romans and the other half to his family. Right? This is a man who tried to do it all right. But back to the question I asked a little earlier before we get to Bodica. We rip on kings like this, or we don't make movies about kings like this, or we sneer about them for coming along with the Romans. But do you know what they were doing to everybody who resisted? And here are the Iceni people with Roman protection, with Roman roads. You take roads for granted. I take roads for granted. Real, actual roads were not a thing for much of the world over much of history. They just were not a thing. Rome brings advantages. And his people didn't get slaughtered. However, 2020 hindsight being what it is, maybe he didn't make the right decision because when he died and his wife took over the Iceni tribe, Iceni kingdom, they were a tribe is not the right way to put it. They were a huge, wealthy, powerful tribe. His wife takes over. Well, that's going to be a problem because Rome, Rome did not like female leaders. Couple different reasons for this. You see, almost all of history now is told from this white guilt perspective or man guilt perspective. And so they have to twist every part of history around even history. That's tried to even history that's presented to you, you know, as just a matter of fact, it's all twisted up. Now, what I mean by that is you hear endlessly about how, how everything was chauvinistic back in the day and women were treated like cattle. And these women were treated like slaves and women were treated horribly. That is completely not true. In many places it was, but even in, even in America before women had the right to vote. And you'll hear all these nasty, hideous feminists today. Ah, we were oppressed. Women were treasured, have been treasured throughout societies, throughout the history of mankind. Yes, there are a million and one examples of women being abused on an individual level and sometimes on a society level, but that is not the norm throughout history. Women were these poor, beaten down, down. They were treated less than the family parakeet. That's a, that's, that's a bunch of crap. It's not true. And in Rome, it was very much a male dominated society. There's no question about it. Probably more chauvinistic than the average society, but it wasn't that they hated women. 
They didn't think women were necessarily capable of doing it. And because of a previous history with a young lady you may have heard of by the name of Cleopatra, who practically ripped the Roman Empire in two, although you can't really blame it all on her, but they did. They thought female leaders, because of Cleopatra, were treacherous, and this would end really poorly. They simply didn't acknowledge them. There, were, there weren't client kingdoms other, under Rome who had female leaders. Only in Britain, that was the norm. There were female leaders all over the place. They didn't, they didn't care. Rome cared. Rome cared a lot. Rome looked at this situation and said, you know what? This whole client kingdom thing, that was with the last guy. He's dead now. You're just going to go ahead and be Rome now. And they went about it in a way that was heavy-handed, to put it mildly, flat-out barbaric, idiotic, savage. I don't know what word you want to put on it, But that story I told you in the beginning, they did that to Bodica, the head of the Iceni tribe. They strung her up to that pole and they flogged her nearly to death. And then her daughters at the age of 10 and 12, in front of everybody, including the tribe, they had their way with her daughters. Well, this is not a shrinking violet of a woman. From what we're told, she was huge. I don't I don't mean fat, I mean tall. Tall and red-haired and fierce. These tribal people, their women could be just as fierce. Remember, this is this is not a male-dominated society. Soon the twenty thousand Roman legions, legionnaires, the twenty thousand Roman troops in Britain found themselves facing 200,000 Britons led by one very, very angry, vengeful Britain queen. Hang on. The Jesse Kelly Show. HomeTitleLock.com can save you from getting kicked out of your house. I am not making that up. That's not hyperbole. I'm looking at a direct quote from a lady named Deborah who was stunned when she got evicted from her home. People across America are getting evicted from their homes because of home title theft. Your home title is not a piece of paper anymore. You need to understand that. Your home title exists online. Do you know how easy it is these days for a cyber criminal to find it, take it, put your signature on it, and get a loan out against it? It's nothing for them. It's nothing. And you have to pay that loan back. Your home insurance does not cover it. Home Title Lock can protect you. Go to HomeTitleLock.com. That's HomeTitleLock.com. Use the code JESSE. Get yourself 30 free days of protection. 
This is the Jesse Kelly Show. These Britons are angry. Their queen is angry. They're angry about the taxation. They're angry about what was done to their queen, what was done to her daughters. They're angry about these stupid Roman towns they've set up. You see, Rome had begun building cities there. That's how Roman would colonize a place more slowly. It's not all Genghis Khan stuff. No, you're just a client kingdom. I mean, yeah, we're building a city over here. I mean, that's going to be ours, but... And, of course, you're going to trade with it because we told you to, but it's fine. And Rome would do things like, you remember that Emperor Claudius, the reason they're in Britain? They built a temple to Claudius to worship him as a god, even though he was dead. Well, that is a horrible affront to these people. And Rome was doing... Something else at the time, and you're going to want to pay attention here, to make sure they could finish bringing these wild British people into the fold. They're just a little too wild for our taste. You remember how I told you there were a million different tribes up there, and there were? What's funny about it is they all united around one basic religion. And if you've ever seen the King Arthur movies, you'll have some idea of what I'm talking about, but they had holy men called Druids. And these holy men were not gods, but were thought to be the mediators between them and God. Gods, the the gods of nature. And the funny thing about it is it's a fascinating culture. The Druids, it wasn't like each and every village had one. Hey, where's your Druid? Oh, we, we put him up in House B. Where's yours? Oh, he's in this hut. The Druids all lived in one basic area of the island. The Roman legions, when Boudica chose to rise up and slaughter them all, Most of the Roman legions were up killing all the Druids. You see, Rome did things very forcefully. And if they thought there was a common bond in your culture that was keeping you from fully submitting to Roman rule, they would remove said common bond big time. But here's your problem. You're up there killing all the Druids Now you've made them even angrier. Now your 20,000 Roman troops is only about four or five left because the rest are up there killing the Druids, and you have 200,000 angry Britons coming your way, and she does. But here's what's funny about the historical story of Boudica, and I'm not going to go on and on about it forever. She doesn't actually win any big battles. She takes the Roman capital, but 
they had emptied the Roman capital. And it wasn't even walled. She then sends some men to ambush a tiny, tiny, tiny Roman legion. They had them outnumbered like 40 to 1, and she won. But this was not any kind of a major engagement at all. She won. She marches then on another Roman city. This time, maybe you've heard of it. It's called London. It wasn't called London at the time. It was actually called Londinium, I believe it was. But it's called London. Now, London was not huge at that time at all. It was on the rise. It was up and coming, but it was not huge. And again, not fortified. They essentially stepped aside and let her have it. Because the Roman legions, the Roman armies weren't down there to fight her yet. But here's the problem for Boudica. She is fighting for a cause you and I can appreciate, right? Revenge. Freedom. I mean, these are these are causes they do make movies about. And I'm sure they've made movies about Boudica. I've never looked into it. That's a cause you can get behind. But she's at this point in time starting to really, really, really feel like she's got these Romans licked. And this has been pretty easy. Only Boudica may have 200,000 troops, but they still have animal hide shields. Some of these guys, many of them, most of them, have wooden sticks, no armor, very crude weapons. Some of them carry rocks into battle for weapons. The Roman legions are coming, and the Roman legions are not carrying rocks, and they're not carrying sticks. They have thick shields, thick armor. But they only have 12,000 dudes left. Hang on. Never completely ready to adopt a teen. For late nights writing English papers. For your teen's music taste. For dinners, where they talk more on their phone than with you. For the first time, they call you mom. You're never completely ready to adopt a teen, and you can't imagine the reward. To learn more about adopting a teen, visit adoptuskids.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt U.S. Kids, and the Ad Council. Part-time job, full-time hustle, all-time Shiro to all of us. You nurture, we listen. You teach, we thrive. You lift our spirits, but we've got to lay down the truth. It's time for you, our Shiro, to stretch for the stars. Start saving more for retirement now so you can feel prepared and live your life to the fullest. Get free tips to help boost your retirement savings now at aceyourretirement.org slash Shiro. A message brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council.
As the great Napoleon said, quantity has a quality all its own. Boudica has now taken Roman cities. She has defeated a Roman army, although it was a tiny one. And she has 200,000 people with her marching on this Roman commander who has 12,000 men with him. And that's all. This Roman commander knows sticks, armor or not. He has got to figure something out and he's got to figure something out quickly or he's going to be overwhelmed by the numbers. How many men can you hack down before you flat out wear out and they overwhelm you, right? And 200,000 is a lot of people. But this Roman commander has a fascinating plan. Absolutely fascinating. We are about to talk about one of the great military achievements of all time. Maybe the greatest. Hang on. Jesse Kelly Show. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. Roman Governor Polinus has 12,000 men. He knows Bodica's coming with her 200,000. He has got to figure something out, and he figures something out. Rome was outstanding at picking its own battlefield. He found a place where he knew her army would come right along the road. And this place has a very interesting setup, or I should say had an interesting setup. I think, the, I think it's all cleared out today. It had trees to the left. And when I say trees, I don't mean a scraggly tree or two. I mean a thick forest to the left, a thick forest to the right, a thick forest behind him. The opening was in front. Now, I know what you're probably thinking. You're probably thinking the same thing I thought when I first heard this story. What an idiot. He can't leave. He's totally trapped. They're finished if she breaks him. Yeah, he knew exactly what he was doing. He sets up his formation and... What's his name? Kreitzer. This one guy I was uh, listening to, Kreitzer tried to describe it like a saw... He had a great podcast on this, the Wartime History Podcast. I want to give him credit for it because he had. He, I was trying to get more information on this formation, and he broke it down as best as as best he could. But the formation was essentially this: it wasn't a straight line across. There were points on it, and these points were angled 
like a saw. And you know how a saw cuts, right? It wedges the wood in there and then cuts through it. The Roman formation was a big saw blade. And picture a bunch of armorless, stick-wielding Britons getting stuck in a wedge between heavily armored Roman legionaries. Bodica gets there. She is so certain of victory that the British citizens, the civilians, pulled out a bunch of wagons and parked them side by side behind Bodica's army so they could watch the battle as if it's a spectator sport. And that's going to matter a lot here in just a moment. Bodica throws her army right into the teeth of this Roman legion, the teeth of this saw. But the Roman legion is dug in, and their formation means they don't really have to move at all. Or if they do move forward, which is the only direction they moved, they would essentially be chopping off whole parts of the British army as they walked along. You see, as you get yourself wedged in the saw blade, They would simply chop you down and then continue marching over you so you don't even have the problem of dead bodies because you're standing on the ones you just killed. Now, I want you to pause for a brief brief moment before we wrap this up here. Think about what that sounds like. Think if you're one of the Roman legionaries with your spear pointed in Hacking and stabbing Brits all day long. What does it smell like? What does it sound like? What kind of dreams do you have the rest of your life? Even on the winning end of that. There are people out there, and you may be one of them, who've experienced some sort of traumatic event once in their life. Saw a car wreck. We're in a car wreck. A horrible crime. Maybe you're a combat veteran. Imagine an entire day of hacking through 200,000 people with swords and spears. What that looks and sounds like. Imagine the screams. Eventually, this British army turns around. And they run the other direction, only they don't get very far because the idiots had already set up the wagon train in a line behind them. They boxed themselves in with the wall and got chopped to bits. In case you're wondering about what happened to Bodica, they don't know. She just kind of went away. There are a lot of people who say she got poisoned, but like they can't confirm that. She poisoned herself, I should say. But her entire army wiped out, her dead, daughters dead, Rome now in complete control. Now, what happened? Here's what happened. Bodica, she had a couple nice wins early on. And because... She had a couple nice wins early on. 
she got the impression that she was a warrior queen. And that's how she's presented in all the history books now. You know, because everything has to be that I am woman, hear me roar crap. Oh, look at this. great Look, if she was, I would tell you, I don't care. She didn't do anything special. Nothing. Nothing. I mean, militarily, I'm saying. No, no indictment of her as a wife or mother or whatever else. Militarily, she did nothing special at all. But I guess to defend the historians of today who try to do that warrior queen thing, she sure thought she was too. Oh, look at this. I beat a Roman city. Oh, I got another Roman city. Uh, look at this. We beat a little Roman legion. Bring it on, Polinus. Bring down your 12,000 men. Things change. Your audience changes. Your opponent changes and can change on a dime. And if you're not used to it, if you've been playing Warrior Queen, you're going to get exposed the minute you step across the field from a man who knows what he's doing. We have this guy in Austin, Texas, who got himself shot. This Antifa protester approaches a vehicle in Austin. He approaches a vehicle with an AK-47 in hand, and he's brandishing the weapon. I don't know the details yet because they're all over the place. There are people saying he shot there are people who are saying he shot at least five times. There are people saying he didn't shoot at all. And let me tell you from the bottom of my heart, that doesn't matter even a little bit. The truth of the matter is this. We have these Antifa people in this country. And I'll lump the Black Lives Matter people in there too. These leftist Marxist street rioters in this country. They have a system right now where they are getting way, way, way too big for their britches because they're used to pushing around a bunch of unarmed city people, outnumbering people, mobbing people, killing them, assaulting them, pushing them around, approaching vehicles and jumping on them like a bunch of animals. This young guy, Garrett Foster, 28 years old, he's never going to approach another vehicle again because he approached the wrong one and he's dead now. These college-based Antifa Black Lives Matter losers who have all been, they spent all their time wearing their chain, T-shirts, reading about Lenin. Hang on. I have news for you about today's criminals. Yes, I want you to lock the doors of your home. Carry a weapon around if you feel comfortable. All those things. But today's criminal, the new crime wave, this criminal exists online. These people aren't walking into banks anymore with ski masks on and a pistol in hand. They sit in front of a very powerful computer somewhere 
and they just prowl looking for victims. And what are they looking for? Well, to put it pretty frankly, they're looking for people like you. They're looking for people who don't have home title lock. Because if you don't have home title lock, they will find your home title. They will steal it. They will forge your signature on it. Takes them five seconds. They will get a loan out against it, a big one that you have to pay back. It's not something covered by your insurance. Go to HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code JESSE. Get 30 free days of protection. Jesse Kelly returns next. There are revolutionaries, and then there are people who play revolutionary, and the problem is those worlds can merge on you really, really fast. When you deal with somebody like Che, and we'll do a show on that murderous psychopath once, but even even Castro, to their credit, I'm actually not insulting them right now, they grew up, they grew up fighting. They grew up with weapons in their hands. They grew up murdering people. They grew up in battles. And all these Antifa, Black Lives Matter losers in the streets, they grew up listening to their Marxist college professors talk about Che. And then they start to sow their wild oats a little bit, and they like to get out there. And I, I, Hey, I'm going to go down to, you know what? I'm going to go down to the block party with my 20 or 30 Antifa buddies, and we're going to put on masks, and we're going to yell at the cops. And then they get tear gassed once or twice, and that's a badge of honor, right? They go home, hey, look, I got hit with the pepper ball. Oh, did you, my eyes are burning from the pepper spray, but we're, we're revolutionaries. And then they get bolder and they get bolder and they get bolder. And you're seeing this happen right in front of your eyes. Now they're stopping vehicles, right? No, you can't pass through here. And you can see videos of it all over the place where they'll scare someone so bad they'll just hit the gas and drive away. And then they're screaming at the car. You can't do that. Now they're used to stopping vehicles, too. Man, look look at this. We are totally revolutionaries now. Now we got this. Brother, that doesn't work on everybody. That may work on some unarmed city person in Portland, New York City, these big urban areas where you've been having fun, playing dress up, doing your revolutionary gig. There are people in this country, and I don't mean one or two, there are Many, many people in this nation who will put you down if you approach their vehicle with a weapon and brandish it at them. I don't care if that makes you uncomfortable. I'm telling you for a fact. There are a lot of people who will put you down for good if you approach their vehicle with a weapon. A lot of these people were trained highly. Even the ones who aren't will put you down. 
and I hear this talking today about, well, did he shoot first? Did he not shoot first? You know what I say to that? Who cares? If I'm in a vehicle and let's just say my two young sons are with me and you approach my vehicle with an angry mob and you have an AK-47 in your hands, do you think I'm going to wait for you to shoot first before I put you down? I'm not taking any chances with my son's lives. Not for your account. And my point is, these guys, at some point, you're going to play revolutionary long enough that you're going to stumble into accidentally being a real one. And when you accidentally become a real one, There is often a high, high price to pay for that. You can do your revolutionary dress up all day long for a week or two in Seattle. You start storming into the wrong neighborhoods, approaching vehicles with weapons in your hands. It's about to get real, Jack. Really real. And this is how we've poisoned these minds that they think They genuinely think they're all Che now. You're not Che. You're not trained. You're a goofball loser. Your Marxist college professor sets you up for failure. And one of these days you're going to approach the wrong vehicle and you're going to die just like Garrett Foster did. Go home. Shut your mouth. Get a job. Be polite. Leave people alone. Just like Bodica, you're going to storm through a couple real soft targets and all of a sudden you think you're John Rambo and you ain't John Rambo. Not by a long shot. I don't want to see people get hurt in in, in this country and and... And I see it now as being inevitable, and I hate it. Because I don't see these people stopping. Once you get a little taste of that, I'm a, I'm a big dog, I'm a tough dude. Once you get a little taste of that, that is a powerful, powerful, powerful drug that people have succumbed to many times in the past. It's intoxicating when you're out there with your friends, pushing people around, throwing things at the cops. Look how strong we are. And you're going to get way hooked on that drug. And they're going to push it too far. Garrett Foster, mark my words, is not the last casualty on the left side in this little culture war we're having right now. I wish he was. I don't want there to be any more casualties at all. Period. End of story. But he's not going to be. Because nobody, nobody, nobody's ready for it. You're not ready for it. You, you and I are going to have to wrap our minds around a different world right now. 
And isn't that the hardest thing in the world? Doesn't that suck? I mean, there, there's a part of me, the sick part of me, thinks to, thinks to myself, well, so what? We're living through history. It's kind of cool. But then the other part of me thinks, man, I just wanted to go to work, send the kids to school, hang out with the neighbors, couple beers, throw some horseshoes, church on Sunday. You know that that suburbia life? I just wanted to just do that. And I don't know that we're going to be able to. I don't. I think I think we're about to see a lot of ugliness out there between now and November. And yes, I think a lot of that gets cleaned up and dies down after November if Joe Biden wins. We know George Soros is funding a lot of this stuff. We know he is. He's, he's openly admitted to it. One civil unrest here. He's pouring money into it. We have public records now showing he's already poured $50 million into the election. So, I'm, And I'm sure he's not the only one. I don't want to just call out him. I'm sure he's not the only one. But I think between now and November, it's, a got, it's about to get a lot worse before it gets better. I do. And that sucks. But politics is a contact sport, and we're about to find out about that contact here. I just think there are far too many people in this country who've gotten way, way too used to going out with their buddies at some little socialist revolution protest and doing as they please. You can't do that to people in lots of this country, in large parts of this country. Buddy, I already told you what's going to happen if you approach my car. I have friends of mine. They make it look like I'm unarmed. Hang on. Your holster is way more important than you think it is. It's just way more important than you think it is. What, look, and I get that. The holster's not the sexy part of carrying firearms, right? You want to talk about your weapon and your ammunition. You, you want to talk about your safety training. You want to talk about how you did at the range. Oh, look at my groups. I was doing these failure drills today. And all that stuff's really important. I mean, really, really important. I'm not discounting that. But I've known so many people who do all those things. They take all the necessary steps, and then they carry with a holster they bought from a big box hunting store that was made a thousand at a time. Please, don't put your life in one of those holsters. You need to trust Northwest Retention Systems because it's all custom-made gear. It's the only thing I carry around. NWRetention.com. That's NWRetention.com. Use the promo code JESSE. Get you 10% off. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. 
The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.